Hello. Hey. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. What's up? Oh, not much. I forget uh, the DMs exist. Yeah. I don't get alerts for anything. And that's probably one thing I should get an alert for. And sometimes I look over and that little envelope is lit up and I'm like, ah, ah, I'm like the millenniums who don't like the phone to ring or the doorbell to ring. Right. Go, they don't ah. answer the do- If they don't know who's at the door, they don't Did answer the door. Yeah. It's uh, it's very triggering. I'm the same way, though. You Do you know, think the that is, they just are like, ah, I don't know who that is, screw it, or are they like, there's someone at the door, but I'm not answering? Well, it's it's two things. I mean, I, first of all, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't like it when things happen. I hate when things happen. <laughs> uh, but it also, secondarily, because it's always two things with me, it also helps explain something that I don't like, uh, which is like the delivery person comes. Delivery person's going to bring delivery food. Now, now, in a different time, that person would come up to the door, ring the doorbell like a gentleman, and say, here's your food, and say thank you, and they leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, two nights ago, I think it was, we got Chinese food delivered, and I get a call. And, and here's, here's, here's the phone call. Hello? I have to go off. Please open your door. And he hangs up. <laughs> I go, Huh? What? Of course, unknown number. I'm triggered. I figure, oh, it's delivery guy because app says delivery guy coming. This is what they do now. People now call, they call when they're nearby. I guess this is desirable. They're calling to, is it to let you know to make sure you're there, do you think? Well, first, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my theory. But like, I think, first of all, like, Every app I use, I use in part because it has tracking. And I see the little car coming along. And I know, and I'm tracking that. My daughter will sometimes have the iPad set up so she can see how soon her burger is going to be there. Because she wants that burger. And she'll say, oh, yeah, I'll just turn around the corner. And then something like a Postmates or a DoorDash, uh, one of those, it'll do a pop-up and say, uh, you know, uh, Gerard is about to arrive with your order. Gerard has arrived. And I've been waiting for I know Gerard's coming. I'm watching him on the little map. See, here he comes. And so I, I, I know when I go down there. But I, why, are you calling, why are you calling me or, or texting me to say that you're here? See, this is the thing. I'm 50. Is the oh, thing. happy birthday. Thank you, buddy. Oh, you know what feels good? You know what feels good? You're getting ready in the morning. I'm doing my morning ablutions. Doing dun, 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 dun. And morning edition, top of the hour. Uh, happy birthday to Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, turning 50. And I actually made this noise. <laughs> and I said to my wife, are you aware, madam, are you aware that you are married to a man who is older than a Supreme Court justice? That's crazy. So that explains the texting and the calls. Open right. your door. Right. Uh, a stranger call you, call, you call a stranger and say, open your door? What does that even mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, and so I think, though, my theory then would be that people like this. They don't want their ring doorbell to be rung. You know? Yeah, no, I do know. Yeah, I mean the Ring doorbell. It's it's interesting because the Ring is a camera that happens to have a bell on it. Do you, do you remind is. me? Did you get one of these? Yes. And how how do you like it? I mean, okay. I mean, candidly, yeah. Are they are they going to be an advertiser anytime soon? No. It's conceptually brilliant. Uh, in day to day usage, it can be very frustrating. Uh, do, do you want to talk about this? Yes. Okay, because here's the thing. Do you have one? No, but uh, people, a friend of mine of just... podcasters got one, yeah, and were... I didn't get one. That's okay. Do, why I bought do you one with th- my own money. Wait a minute. Why do you think that they, they got them? Because of through sponsorship stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did okay. you, didn't you get an Eero? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same deal. Okay. But, you know, my Eero. Hmm, I never look back after that. Yeah, Ooh, I like love that, that Eero. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I was getting 130 down in the uh, bedroom. Oh, good. Can you believe that? Two, two beacons away. Um, so here's the idea. The idea is that you have this thing that you install. Mine is not because I live in, a, in an ancient hovel. Mine is running on the battery. Takes a good, good long while to battery up. Okay, you'd expect that, right? Mm-hmm. But they say under under conditions, some conditions, it, your battery will not be recharged. Need to be recharged for six months to a year. And they got little security screws, kind of like with a pearl plate. They mm-hmm. got little security. You unscrew it, you bring it up, you, you put it in your USB deal. Okay, so here's the idea. The idea is you install this thing and you put it in. It's got a super. It's pretty low res, but like a super fisheye lens, and so it can see you know, people, maybe the waste of people outside. Ours is near where steps are, so we actually see the people walking up. And the idea being that now you have a doorbell that it does lots of, it's a really interesting idea. The idea is when somebody comes and rings your doorbell, if you have what I, you have, I have what's called a chime, which is their thing you put inside that makes a bell ring, as well as it rings at the door. But it also makes your device ring. At which point, if it works like it does in the ads, you pull it up, you hit a button, you can see the person and you can talk to the person, right? Sort of like on those cable TV ads for their new outside security camera, like, hey, get off my lawn, even though you're out, you know, getting many petties. So that's the idea. <laughs> uh, it has other really um, conceptually interesting ideas. One very conceptually interesting idea that's theoretically very well implemented is a motion sensor. This is really great. Now, what's neat about the motion sensor is you get several, or you get at least two axes to operate on. One axis is of this 180 degree viewing field, click on the probably fifths of this. Do you want the center? You know, do you right. want slightly, slightly left and right or do right. you want all the way? Do you want to go all the way around? And then having chosen that, how far away should I be looking for movement? And so when I set it up, I said all but this one area because we don't really need to see this area over here. And then what the heck? Blow it all the way out to 30 feet. And I shut off notifications for anything but ringing. So what does that mean? That means that every time it captures motion in that area, the battery has to fire off a little bit and it's detecting it. And even though I'm not getting, I've only, I've only gotten the signal that somebody's at the bell, you know, what, once a day, right? Or right. like, you know, so the mailman drops something off if he feels like it. But first of all, that eats a lot of battery such that uh, I have to charge about every two weeks. <laughs> and how long does it take to charge it? Um, that's hard to say, but I would say at least a couple hours and probably more. Right. So that's kind of a but pain. You got to take your doorbell off right. and recharge it. So all of this very, very interesting. The part where it has somewhat utterly fallen down is in the marquee feature, which is as soon as your bell rings, you hit the thing and you can start talking to the person, which I think is a really, really neat and interesting idea. Yes. Whether, whether you want to fake somebody out, like you're on vacation, you say, oh, I can't, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm jacking my mean bone and I can't come down, just leave it at the door. It's like right? in Ferris Bueller when they ring the bell and he's got his little recording, except this isn't a recording. Right. You get the trophy, the trophy pulls down, he, he coughs <laughs> into his armpit, Right. get out of the theater, movie's over. <laughs> uh, but, here, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> And it's near enough to one of my beacons that it should be pulling down some pretty significant Wi-Fi. But like I, so far, each time that I have gamely attempted to look at the camera and then begin talking to the person, I think on exactly one occasion I was able to do that. And it was just because my daughter was downstairs and we wanted to test it. I've never been able, for the typical like ring the doorbell and walk away thing, 
I have yet to be able to like even say thanks, get it up fast enough to do that. So mm. I, I think there's room for improvement and it's a very, very promising product. But, you know, it's, I have so many complaints about <laughs> all of these devices. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't know if they've been, I think they've been a sponsor somewhere else. But like, I think it's really interesting. I bought one with my own money. I think it's got room for improvement. Well, uh, I saw you tweeting about the Amazon Echo multi-room syncing stuff. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, that seems pretty interesting. I've only got one of them, uh, so I'm very curious just to hear about this. I have two things to promote, but let's circle back to that. All right. We have two bits, at least two bits of follow-up about interesting product things. Uh, so just, I don't know if it was this morning, I saw Joe Steele tweet about this today. Um, the Alexa family, sorry, the Lady in a Tube family just got an update where you can now go into the Alexa app and create an ad hoc group. In my case, I created a group called Upstairs. And Upstairs consists of all of our Echo devices, mm-hmm. such that I can now say to any Echo in the house, Ding- hey, Dingus, play KQED Upstairs. That's all the incantation you need. Not bad. And guess what? It streams it to all. I, now, I'm, I'm, I've heard from, because, you know, when you mention anything that you like on the internet, everybody tells you how it doesn't work for them or can't work for them or they're in Canada. <laughs> I, I think this doesn't go for dots. Right. It goes for dashes, echoes, views, shows, I guess. I know it, I, I can just speak to it works for a classic echo, the show, and the dash. But I say, hey, Dingus, play KQD upstairs. A, same speed as it always does, it plays it. B, it is all uh, Apple devices synced. That's very cool. It's very cool because what we'll do is sometimes I've gotten out of the clock radio game. I don't even use, I kind of put the clock radio away and mm-hmm. we just use our dash in the bedroom. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's kind of annoying if you're listening to, you know, all things considered on the radio in the kitchen and on the dash in the bedroom, there's like at least like a 20 second delay. Anyway, small potatoes, but I, I think that is really cool and really promising that they did that. And it's just, that's, again, as with this family of products, they just keep improving it. It's really, really cool. So I, that's all I did. I, I took the time to read that article, freak out, toot about it, create a group, test it, and it worked, uh, worked great. And also, I'm also happy to say that when you say, hey, Dinga, stop, it stops on all the devices. Oh, very cool. And I haven't tested this yet, but my feeling is that you have to do the incantation to make it play everywhere. So my, my concern had been, oh, will this automatically play in all these devices all the time? I haven't tested it yet, yet, but I think if you just say, hey, Dingus, play KQED, it'll play it on the device where it heard that. So I thought that was really promising. I mean, I don't, I remember that there were rumors about this feature that was coming out or there were leaks about it coming out, but they didn't seem to make a big announcement. It just there. Right? Just there it is. I I hadn't heard anything about it until I read that article wherein it did say, yeah, this is something that somebody picked up by hunting around some kind of a leak. Yeah. Um, It's a, it's a, it's a very, I think it's a super interesting time right now. We're in another one, we need a name for what this is, but we're in the like, I have the hurricane, poor choice of words. We're in a situation right now where we're definitely between two very different things and we just don't know how long this between stage lasts because on the one hand, I've got a bunch of Sonos speakers that are not doing a whole lot right, right now. Right. I love the sound bar. I like the sound of the other devices, but at this point, basically, we're just using our two uh, Sonos Plays as surround sound speakers because we find ourselves using 
just uh, iOS devices or Amazon devices to listen to stuff, there's no there's not much smarts in the Sonos. Now, so so to circle back to that in a second, we also know or believe that this we know that there's going to be this HomePod coming at some point that does some things. Additionally, Sonos just did a real dick move and <laughs> changed their terms of service where in order to like basically keep getting the up- updates and know that it'll work over time, you have to agree to new terms, which are not very pretty from a privacy standpoint. So Sonos at this point, not a lot of huge updates. The still long rumored slash promised integration of Echo functionality into the Sonos, that's supposedly still coming. I got a, I mean, candidly, I got a beta invitation for that, but the beta still hasn't come. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know where that stands. You got the HomePod coming. You got the Echo stuff continuing to grow. You can now buy an Echo in a Whole Foods, as we learned Monday. Um, I think that's a that's a that's a very interesting time. I I, I don't know, man. Sonos now, now supposedly so Sonos is going to have an announcement in early October where they are expected to announce some smart uh, a, a new speaker with smart functionality and voice stuff, right? I don't, I don't know. At this point, they feel like Fitbit to me, where it's like they serve a certain kind of user need very, very well, but it's not a very forward-looking series of devices or company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, well, I mean, they're, they're in this weird, Sonos is in this very strange spot where they, oh, I talked about this with Max Temkin not long ago, but because you know, he's a Sonos guy too, but basically uh, some friends of mine who worked at Sonos uh, sent me some speakers. I, I, and then I ended up getting the soundbar on my own. The soundbar is great. I love this TV soundbar. Sonos is in a very strange spot, though, because it is much better speaker quality than you get from most wireless speakers. Let's take that as red. It's not super good sound, such that like if you're like a real high-end, picky, I-run-flack listener, right. it's not going to be up to your needs for like premium audio, but it also doesn't even have the table stakes of what a lot of just even basic Bluetooth speakers can do. I mean, echo functionality is baked into third-party products. You can get a little thing you put on a magnet to your refrigerator that'll do echo. You know, but the, echo okay, oh, well, the thing is, though, for a lot of people who are the, the audiophiles, they probably are the same kinds of people who don't like the way that most MP3s sound, and they want to listen on vinyl or, at the very least, on CD anyway, right? Like... So they're automatically going to be disappointed by anything that would be playing on a streaming service, generally speaking. Because it wasn't speaking. the bit rate and quality. Right. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. And I yes. I feel like, you know, there's definitely people like that. And they're probably also, those guys want to listen on really high-end uh, headphones, too. I right. feel like when you're talking about streaming music and you're talking about spe- wireless speakers you're automatically going to be in the world that I think you and I inhabit, which is, yeah, it sounds good pretty enough. good. Like, it's good, good enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, I, I totally agree. But here's where the holes are on these various products. Um, so like the Echo family has so much to recommend it, in my opinion. To me, it's uh, not even a comparison at this point with the other uh, devices that are available, except unless you have very specific needs. Where the Echo family falls down, I think, is... Well, I mean, let's leave that aside a minute. Sonos falls down in a lot of ways. The Sonos app is not a good app. It is not fun to use. So like one trend that has already begun happening among at least nerds like me and my friends is we are very accustomed to using voice 
to, for example, like to play music. Like last night, I just I uh, I thought of this Bob Mould song that I liked a lot from his first solo album, and I you know I went to the Dingus and was playing Bob Mould, and then I was playing Who's Could Do. I said you know play New Day Rising, and it can do that. Mm-hmm. I can I can talk to the Amazon speaker for my use case. The quality of sound I get out of my iPad Pro is plenty fine for just walking around the house. Uh, it's it's a huge step over even using a Bluetooth speaker because it is so simple and so easy. The ubiquity of all of those devices that are good enough. I think is running laps around stuff like Sonos where Sonos is nice, but like now, I mean, how are you going to play stuff on your Sonos? You have to take out a device. It's a headless unit basically, right? Right. It's, it's just speakers and you can go and like go to the device and drill down in this not very good app and get into tune in and do this and have favorites. And to its, to its benefit, it's done a good job with something I imagine was very difficult, which is uh, you can search for, for example, a song, an artist, an album across all the services you have enabled. That, in my left joint brain, that is a very hard problem to solve. Right. But you can do that and you don't get repeats and it works. But you're still doing that on a device. It's going to take you at least 20 seconds, which can be a lifetime when you're used to just talking into a speaker. So they got a lot of catch up to play there. The other problem is that, like, okay, let's say you've bought the We've got the big, the, the big fancy one, not the play, but the, the, you know, the big one. Yeah. So that one's got an audio in. The little boys do not have an audio in. The only one I have in the house that has an audio in is the very expensive big boy one. So even if you wanted to like hook up your, let's say you go, oh, I'm going to be really smart. I'm going to take my dash and audio out into this device, you still have to go in, I believe you still have to go in and select audio in as the channel you want to listen to. Do you follow? Yes. So you I can't do. just, it would be nice to think you could just talk to your dash and it'll come out of your Sonos unless you've kept it in the audio in selection mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that particular group or room. I don't think that's going to well, work. That's no good. And now you're only hearing it out of that one speaker. Part of the fun of the Sonos is that you can create groups and you could say, I want all of my things to be playing this thing. That's one benefit they've had over the Echo family. So there's holes in all of these. It's just that the Echo family has such, you can do so much with it out of the box, even before you enable skills. There's so much stuff you can do. But once you start enabling skills, you can do stuff like control your hue lights, um, I mean, you can tell it to give you. There's all there's every every Friday you get an email about stuff you can do with your Echo, and nobody else has that propulsiveness now, or at least yet. I don't know. I just I, I would love for Sonos to thrive, but like I just don't understand what part of the market they're going to completely dominate. Right, they have to dominate something to compete with Apple, Google, Amazon. Because they're so like, all well, big players it's like already. People said with the home, it's like, yeah, and it's like people said with the HomePod, though. It's like, you know, a, certainly there is a hardcore, like the Donald Trump followers, there are people who will buy the HomePod no matter what, sight unseen, just because it's the new it's, Apple it, thing. Apple has come out with the speaker. That's what they've been waiting so for. Finally. Right. right? <laughs> there it is. Now they'll buy that. But let, look at the, the Google HomePod. Is that what it's? No. What's the Google one called? Google Home. I mean... The pretty consistently, at least amongst my friends, and, and I have to admit that among the people in the podcast I listen to, there's a heavy preference toward the Echo family. But even people I know who are real huge fans of this stuff, except for the people who are exclusively or almost exclusively in the Google ecosystem, almost everybody says, hmm, you know, it's pretty much as good as an Echo, but not quite as good as an Echo, which is not what you want to hear in this, the next device. What, what you don't want to hear is it's almost as good as the thing you already have or it's as good as the thing you <laughs> right, have. Right. And that's why everybody hopes the HomePod, that that screen ends up doing a lot more than it looked like in the demos. 
But it's you see what I'm saying though about yeah. this crazy time where it's like there are obvious with all these devices there are things we would wish they do more and and you know Merlin's razor on this or whatever you want to call it is like I the more you use this stuff you more the more you realize what you could do or can't do with it. So like as a heavy user of this stuff, I'm acutely aware of like what it's pretty good at and not. I just I I really I say all this hoping that Sonos finds a way to really go yard on this and come up with something really fantastic. It's just that like at this point, if the solution is to buy a new Sonos device that's like a nicer version of an Amazon Echo mm-hmm. in terms of sound, mm-hmm. mm. There's already a lot of dollar signs on my Sonos family. Like, I'm not going to start over with that right. at this point. So, you know, and then at the other end, the uh, whatever they talk about Apple and the cost umbrella, at the other end, you've got Bluetooth speakers that you can, like, pick up at a gas station. It's, it's not, it is a commodity at this point. At the, you know, medium level of this, there's stuff you can get for 200 bucks that does Jetsons level stuff. So, I don't know. I think it's an interesting time. But I, anyway, I was just very excited to see that. I continue to applaud the Echo folks for making this thing really functional. It doesn't do everything I want to do, but it does so much stuff that to me, it really shows that they are actively developing this in a way that I find very encouraging. I uh, agree. I totally agree. And I mean, I think you mentioned this, but it's worth repeating that, you know, the, the way that they've opened this up so that if you have a third party speaker, it can sync to the way they have opened up their development so that anyone who wants to make a skill can make a skill you know, and it shows that they haven't stopped. You know, they didn't come out with a product and say, all right, here's our speaker. You know, we'll come out with a new version in a year or two, which you can buy. No, they have not done that. They have continued to improve it. They've made it better. Its answers get better. They've come out with lots of different form factors for it. You know, they're really trying to put this out in front of everybody and say, you want to build cool stuff for it? You do that, but we're also going to be doing cool stuff for it. People want music in every room. We want it synced. We can we can make that work. Here you go. It works with everything you've got right now. No upgrade necessary. It's just going to start working now. And that, to me, is why I still think that uh, that you know the Amazon Echo is is going to win this space eventually. And they're mm. they're keeping the price. It's really a good price. You know, more and more people care less about the the uh, the actual audio quality itself they just want to hear a thing and they just want it to work and especially if you grew up if you grew up at this point you've got people who are 30 years old that most of the time they've been listening to music has been through a streaming service right gosh think about that like my kids yeah. have never owned they've never owned any kind of you know record player cassette player even cd player they've never had that they listen to music on a a, a bluetooth connected speaker to their ipads or their you know, decommissioned iPhone or whatever it is. Like that's the main mm-hmm. way that they listen to music. Uh, it, it's it's a completely different world that they're in. So of course, this is how they connect with stuff. And you know, like again, I, I don't want to. I'm not bashing Apple or uh, or Siri or anything. But every time that I ask a question to Siri, I get the, an answer that is not that doesn't every doesn't time work from pretty much every time, mm. or or it's an incomplete answer. Uh, or or it's not the way that I want it to be, or it makes some kind of dumb joke to me that like, and I mean, this is nitpicking, but I wake up well, early. If, you don't, if you're not using it, I mean, if you use it all, all, all the time and you bend, you bend the knee and you figure out how to make the device happy, you can get a pretty high hit rate. If you're using it once in a while, yeah. it starts to feel like it's like taunting you. Right. Cause, it cause really the, does the, feel that way. Yes. 
I, I Whereas totally the agree. Amazon Echo, I never feel that way about it. If I say to to the the Amazon device, um, you know, what's the weather today, or will it rain today, or um, or, or that kind of thing, it'll give me a complete a complete report. It'll say, here's the weather today. Here's the percent chance of rain. Here's the high and low. You know what I mean? All the information that I want. Whereas if I ask the same thing of, of, uh, of Siri, I won't usually get anywhere near that kind of information from it. And I'll also get snarky responses. I, here's the thing. I don't want my, you know, digital computer voice thing to have a personality or to make jokes or to do anything like that. I don't want that. And the reason why I don't want it isn't because I wouldn't like it. I would like it if it was good, but it's terrible. I would well, like it, it. Think about, there was a thing that Scott Simpson told me about this, uh, whatever bank he was using uh-huh. probably five years ago, yeah. the ATMs started getting cute. Oh, I don't like that. And it was, was it Chase? I forget what it was, but their banks were like, oh yeah, here's your money dog or whatever. Like, And it's like, ATM is a pretty great example of like, I want you to be sober as a judge. Like, don't, please do not be cute with right, this. Don't, right. don't make me, and with this, I mean, especially if you're using it a lot, it's, I mean, it grates, we, uh, it grates on me. Well, going back to Hound, for example, whenever I demo Hound for yes. people, and as you know, my demos are terrible. The first thing they say is, oh my God, it talks so fast. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Nobody will understand that. I said, and I'll say, well, did you have any trouble understanding it? And they're like, no. I was like, exactly. Because once you start, it's like people like uh, sight impaired people using screen readers, like you very quickly adapt to where yes, like, or, yes. or, or those, those monsters, those animals who listen to our shows at two uh, X, mm-hmm. you know, th- it sounds <laughs> weird to them when they listen to it at one X, it feels like an error to them. They, we sounds like we're on narcotics. Yeah. But, um, I think in, in, in actual usage, you want it to be like a fast talking how mm-hmm. title. Mm-hmm. You want it to be just <laughs> give me the facts and like, just, you know. G- give me what I need to do, but like, don't let your failures at understanding what this is turn into some opportunity for a joke. Cause that's just, that's just frustrating. And you know, like, here's the other thing is we wake up early as a family, especially during the week, we've got to get up at six in the morning as a family to get to school as early as my kids need to get to school. So if I'm going to ask my phone, what, what time it is, because I'm getting out of the shower, I want to make sure that I have enough time to, you, you know, put a, you know, gel in my hair or whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to be judged. It's too early. Yeah. Like I don't want to hear that you you uh, some false, falsely sentient fake false god. V- right. <laughs> I don't don't evaluate when I wake up, and I also don't want to hear good morning because you don't. You're a computer that's been told to say that in a way that's very clear that you're a computer that's been told to say that. It doesn't yeah. come across like Hal. It doesn't come across like a sentient creature of some kind that actually knows what the morning is. Don't tell me good morning. You can't mean that. Those words don't have a meaning when they're coming from a hollow uh, phone that's sitting on the counter. Like that doesn't mean anything. Don't try and create that. It's not taking steps toward true artificial intelligence. I just watched um, the new Alien Covenant movie. And mm-hmm. in uh, no spoilers, in this movie there is there uh, is an android, a synthetic person, if you will, uh, named Walter, who is reminiscent of the one in Prometheus, David. And in really all of the Alien movies, there have been uh, androids in them. And there's an interesting conversation 
that takes place. Again, I'm not giving any spoilers, but it talks about how they made the Android. They, they wanted to make the Android uh, less human in a way, because when they actually made the David series, they were too human. They were too smart. They mm-hmm. thought outside of that, those parameters and the newer ones have almost been kind of dumbed down to made, made to be more harmless and less human like in some ways. That's a little off topic for wh- where we are now, but if you can't get it right, don't do it. And uh, it, it feels so false and sad to have a phone tell me, good morning. I don't need mm. that. Just tell me the time. This bugs you. This really, this yes, is being in your bonnet. This is. Just tell me the time. The, the best kinds of computers and assistants and things like that do just what you ask them to do. And um, there is a great link. I'll put it into the show notes. I saw this on our friend uh, Jim Dalrymple's uh, The Loop, where they were talking. It was it was a really cool article that showed the development of Siri's voice. Uh, I think they went back to iOS nine is when it when it came out. I'm looking for the link right now as I'm talking, and um, and so this um, the the voice of there it is. Listen to Siri's voice evolve from iOS nine and ten, and it's. Um, it's on Apple's site. They talk about speech synthesis. They talk about how they originally started with, um, I forget the woman's name who provided the voice to Siri and how they've evolved it into something that's completely sort of synthetic now. And, uh, and it sounds different. And uh, the guy who posted the link on Jim's site, Dave Mark, who is a friend of mine, a very smart guy, um, he, his comment, he said um, to, that to him... He said it it sounds a little bit more almost, you know, impersonal, the latest generation. And um, and I, I kind of agree with him. He says the new version sounds a bit impersonal. I, I think I know what he means, but I prefer it. It's not only mm-hmm. it's easier and more clear, but, you know, I, I like knowing that I'm speaking to a computer right now and the computer can't really think and it doesn't really know me. It doesn't really have any kind of sentience at all i can't barely ask it to repeat what it just said uh it it doesn't really understand that so just be for now just be a computer don't Mm -hmm. don't put on airs that you have a funny joke to say or wish me good morning or tell me it's too early dan no i never need to hear that from you (laughs) i want to hear the freaking time emotional about something in a long time because it's getting in the way of progress I want, I've told you what I want is something that's really smart, that understands, that has situational awareness and that can really provide me with valuable information. But these little jokes, this little work putting a quirky personality into it's, it's crap. It sucks. And they're, and that, that is holding back the whole thing. It holds back the whole thing. And this is why Amazon has it right. Because they don't do any of that garbage. If you want to have a skill where you can install GLaDOS from uh, Portal uh, and Half-Life, rather, and you can talk to her about funny... Like, that's a skill you can add, and you can have it talk directly to, to GLaDOS. That's fine. That's fun uh, from Portal. You know what I mean? Like, you want to yeah. talk to the ro- the computer in Portal, it'll it'll have that for you. Otherwise, it's straight up straight up information. And... I I feel like this matters. I don't know why, but I feel like I feel like Amazon's going to win this. Yeah. Well, it it also uh, this is then the guess the color of my crystal is that and, and again I beat this to death, but like I I feel like people who poo poo 
when uh, when people say, oh, you know, this really isn't there yet. And they say, oh, well, it works fine for me. And my, I frequently, it's all I can do not to say, well, then you're just not using it as much as I am. Yeah. If you used it as much as I do, you would find that insufferable. You would find it insufferable that even 10% of the time it makes a joke because it failed. That's not, you would <laughs> right. not accept that in any situation. You don't want, you don't want your joke, you don't want your, the brakes on your car doing a knock knock joke. Just be brakes. And when it's this core to the, to the functionality of what you're doing, it, it does make a big difference. The, the other thing is, uh, there's this phrase I, I learned from John Syracuse, I still think about every day, what he calls, uh, you know, internet weather or iCloud weather. Right. We're like, there are these things that differ. And who knows, maybe it's because I'm near a different part of my house and the internet's different. I don't know. With the era, that seems pretty good most of the time. But it's, it's somewhat, no, it is shocking how often the response time of uh, Siri differs. Mm-hmm. Such that, like, so here's an experiment you can try. Start talking before you hit the button on your device, and you'll discover that actually your iOS device is in always listening mode, so that it so that it doesn't miss anything, right? So on the one hand, if it's feeling particularly perky, mm-hmm. it'll get noise words that were not part of what I wanted to say because it's already listening. It's actually gotten way better about discarding anything that comes before like a verb or right, something like that. Right. It has gotten better at that. Other times, especially with the watch, and I, I know these are complicated devices, but this is what we're supposed to use it for. Uh, one for me is, you know, uh, remind me to take out pasta in nine minutes. Remind me to get my watch off the stand in one hour. These kinds of things. I hit the digital crown or I hit the thing on the on my iPhone and start talking. Um, and then I get the, oh, I'll let you know when I'm ready is one that it does a lot of times. Which I, I don't exactly understand what that means or why <laughs> in a house with 130 megabit down, 14 up Wi-Fi. I don't know why it would need that, but like, okay, fine. That happens sometimes. Sometimes it just doesn't go at all. Other times it goes, uh, it tries. Sometimes it, and this probably is just my dumb, fast-talking, accented English, but it, sometimes it comes up with completely monkey ball stuff. You know, uh, just about, I'm going to say 35 to 45% of the time when I say, remind me to get my watch in one hour. Mm-hmm. It says get my wash. Which is fine, because I know what that means. What I'm trying to say is, guess what? Um, I'm not going to say never. That almost never happens mm-hmm. with the Amazon family. That's the bar. So, you know, it, it, I understand if you're if you're a fan of Apple and like me, you want everything they make to be the best thing unimpeachably and you get yes. to look down your nose at all your pals because they make the best thing. <laughs> right. Guess what, guys? Siri is not there yet. I know it's complicated. I know there's lots of devices. But th- in the marketplace, you don't get to put that many asterisks on the product. What, what, what Apple's competition is, is a platform of products, including now grocery stores, <laughs> where it does work and you don't have to say it twice. I mean, I was able to walk up to my, I'm sorry, I forget the names. What's the one I've got with the screen that's not about clothes? I think it's the view. The view. Show? Yeah. The show, show, show. Yeah. Show. I walk up to the show and I say, hey, dingus. I just, you know, at this point, it's like using Google. I just throw words at it and it knows what I mean. I say, "Uh, hey, dingus, order with scissors. That's that's a pretty like try that. Try that with Siri and see how well it gets. W-I-S-S space scissors. Mm. And it says, okay. And I get a graphical interface that shows all of the scissors that are available by Amazon that is made by the company called Wiss. I hit a button to order them. And that works. So anyway, I mean, now I feel like we're just rubbing salt in the wound. But to your point, though, the thing you're very emotional about, understandably, like the way 
if you can fix this by making the stuff better, that's good. My concern is that what you're trying to make is a cute demo, where even if it goes wrong, everybody gets a LARF. But that that's not a high bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Instead, do. I mean, it should, I mean, I, I can understand there's the occasional moonshot where it gets something completely wrong because you ask it something that's very uh, confusing, has homonyms, uh, and or from a um, taxonomy standpoint, it could branch into meaning lots of different things. I have a I have the worst name podcast in the world. We did not think this through. Our our podcast is called Due by Friday. Mm-hmm. It was originally going to be D U E, as in it is due by Friday. Right. I don't know what we were thinking by calling this show Due by Friday because no matter where I type, write, or speak the name of my podcast, it tries to turn it into a task. <laughs> <laughs> with a date right so i now even like no matter where i am i have to just abbreviate it as dbf well that's bad on us because that's namespace pollution like we're using uh action words and you know bad on us but it's also funny and people get a good laugh out of it i thought sure i read that as dobby friday oh <laughs> you're the first one to make that joke that's so funny but um but that's where this stuff needs to go and so so look at this you look at you look at um i mean as of yesterday as of monday you can buy an Echo in some Whole Foods. Yes. Right? Who Can you even imagine what the Echo is going to enable in terms of like grocery orders and stuff? I mean, could, is, it, is it not imaginable that, and I understand, I believe they still have a deal with Instacart for at least another year, something like that. But like how far are we? Like right now you can say, hey, dingus, add buy milk to my task list. And that'll add that to your Echo to-do list. You could say, Hey, dingus, add milk to my shopping list. Now that will add it to your list called shopping on your Echo. Um, you could also say, hey, dingus, uh, buy milk or order milk. Not, not a great example, but you could also say screwdriver at this point. And mm-hmm. it'll say, which screwdriver do you want? You can also say, order a screwdriver with Prime now. And if you have that service in your area, It'll say, is this the one you want? Do you want that in two hours? That You can do that now. Right. What happens when another option becomes add 1% milk to my grocery cart or similar? Mm-hmm. Now you got a stew. Like that, that, now at this point, you're talking way beyond like, how's the weather? Give me my news briefing. Are the Yanks playing tonight? You're moving into this whole new area where these ubiquitous devices are now uh, affording something that was not even imaginable beyond speculative fiction a couple years ago. And that's, that's the advantage that somebody like Amazon has. I'm sorry we're talking about ecosystems. No, I'm not. Um, but that's, so that's a lot for Apple to catch up with. That's a lot for the Sonos to catch up with, unless and until they really they have good integration with Amazon. But then, again, now that's table stakes. I, I think Echo integration or similar is going to become table stakes in the next year. I really do. I don't know. I, th- I mean, there is, there is so much challenge in making all of this stuff work the way that we want it to work and i feel like the little you know the little jokiness doesn't help us i think there are people who are much smarter than me working really hard on all of this stuff to make it even better and i feel like it's one of those things where the more kind of incremental improvements that we can see like you mentioned when you're talking about ordering things or or adding things to your to-do list all of those things come into play and they're just sort of they just sort of things it gets a little bit better every single day and i've i've seen that with amazon i haven't seen that with siri but the fact that you know and and people are freaking out about this whole foods amazon purchase um 
you know, about which part of it? Well, I, I think there's I know a lot of people who hate it, who think it's terrible because they don't like Amazon because they think that Amazon is taking over or that it's destroying, you know, the the, the way that we used to shop. And right. I, I don't have which, a pro- which it kind of is. It is. No, it really is. I don't have a problem with that. I'm I don't, fine I don't with miss. That. I don't with very few exceptions. I don't miss the way I used to shop. No, I, I don't either. And no, nobody's nobody is stopping us from going to the grocery store as a family. That's a thing we can still do and that's fun and we have traditions and things that we do in a certain order, but I do not miss going to the grocery store two or three times a week at all. No way. And it's the worst. You know, now that there is a whole foods in so many cities, now more people and than ever before we're going to be able to you know, get something delivered or pick something up. And yeah, I mean, and the one thing, the part that is a little bit squicky though, I have to admit is that I'm, first of all, I'm glad it's whole foods and not, for example, a chain of grocery stores. I I guess if you're going to go the privileged route, it might as well be whole foods. But I mean, I think there are legitimate concerns about the way monopolization works and what the effects are. And it's, it is, it is still ironic, even as I sit here with all my adulation for Amazon, I mean, Amazon, at the, I used to think that Costco was liberal Walmart, but now I think Amazon is liberal Walmart, where we will overlook so many things about how effed up this company is in a million ways just because of the value it provides to us. Right. So I, I feel like I, I, do, I do get that, and that does make sense. But I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I get why people hate Amazon. I do, I do totally get it. And, you know, we just all have to make those decisions. I put a link into show notes to episode 262 of your Back to Work program called Large Platinum Spoon. And that is the one where we, I think, talked a fair amount about some of the stuff and including that we did that that hilarious online demo of Hound and what it's capable of. Yes. But uh, enough of this wallowing in hypocrisy. It's been 41 minutes. Tell me about something you like. I would love to tell you about Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon wearing some right now, buddy. Are Woo! you? Speaking of, you know, buying things in a way that's really nice and that makes it easier, that they're kind of uh, kings of the space that they're in and then make it really easy to buy stuff on their website. It's MacWeldon.com. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. And they, they win at that. They make it really easy. You go there, they, you see right away what they've got. And I'm wearing the Mac. I'm a big believer in uh in in having good socks oh yeah they get nice ass socks their their socks stay up they can just use that i imagine yeah that's that's theirs i imagine where you live you get to wear Mm -hmm. undershirts frequently i always wear at least two layers see and that's the nice thing because you 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 can do that here in texas sometimes one layer is too much too much too much too much layers and so while you're going and saying you need the you need the undershirts i'm always going for uh for t-shirts and socks and uh we don't get to wear hoodies except a few months out of the year so i have all oh, that french terry hoodie is a piece of work i have that but it's I, have, it, I own two and my wife owns one it's almost time that i can bring it out and i look forward to that these things are really really comfortable they're super super well made down to the little pulls on the zippers and the the cords for the drawstrings like all of this stuff is made that's the so longest well. that's the longest hoodie cord i've ever seen it's almost like it's overcompensating <laughs> well, you I've could. just put a link in show notes to to my go to the greatest shirt. This is my go to. This is my Marco of shirts. The Pima, the Pima cotton long sleeve t shirt. I've got it in black. I've got it in um, is it navy? True navy, and I've got it. I recently got one in this pretty uh, duffel bag green color. 
I like that. Duffel bag. I wear, I wear one of these pretty much every day. I have a whole drawer in my cheap-ass Ikea basket thingy that's just long-sleeve Pima t-shirts from Mac Walden. Oh, I like that. You need a dedicated part of your closet just for I sh- I sh- Mac I sh- Walden I need stuff. To do a, Dan, I need to do a lot of things with my closet. It's problematic. Well, these are the people that you've probably heard of. They make the silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial and uh, super comfortable. And they're super confident, too, in the fact that you're going to like this. You can order from them. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They still refund you. No questions asked. It's a risk-free way to try it out. Dan, nobody wants used underwear. No one wants that. If people want it, run the other way. Go in an opposite direction. Yes. Away from whatever that is. I'll, I'll have your old underwear. No. Hard pass. Mac Walden doesn't want your underwear. And they can run with that too, I think. That's theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> MacWeldon.com. You're going to get 20% off if you use the promo code back to work, all one word, back to work at MacWeldon.com. Thanks to Mac Weldon for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Dan Benjamin. Bok, bok. Thanks, Mac Weldon. Good folks over there. <clears throat> Friendly. Uh, I have two things to promote. Uh, one very quickly, uh, un- Ungainly X-Men meetup number 18 is happening at, uh, I just want to mention this every couple weeks, is happening at Two Cats Comics. That is happening at a time of my typing as I look it up. I think it's September, September, September 21st. Thursday, September 21st, Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue. San Francisco, you come out, you hang out, we uh, talk about comic books and we get a drink and it's really fun. People ask, people ask, you know, no matter how much you annoyingly mention something, people will ask because you know what? People don't listen to every show and that's okay. Well, I mean, if you say it's okay. Mm. But they can't hear all the shows. I'm trying to get better at not apologizing for repeating myself because first of all, who cares? Second of all, the people who do care won't, won't accept my apology. <laughs> and And third... <laughs> <laughs> and third, you know, uh, it's really conceited to imagine that people remember anything you've ever said. Every day somebody's born who hasn't heard me. Uh, so that's on Gainley X-Man meetup number 18. Other thing to promote quickly is this week I was, uh, I guested for Mike Hurley on the show Upgrade with our friend uh, Jason Snell. Mike was out of town, so I was on Upgrade. We talked about upcoming Apple events. We talked about the Eclipse. Uh, what else do we talk about? Uh, it was a really good episode. You can get, get that at relay.fm. That's all that I have to promote. Good stuff. Good good work. You want to talk about this remote case? Yeah, I want to talk about the remote case. We should, for the sake of uh, the record, we should find. Can you find the one? Yes, you I'm looking told at me it. I knew you. I knew you were going to mention I that. Well, I want to be able to do a side by side. All right. Because at, at first I thought, okay, yeah, I got, I got it. Is it um, in notes? And putting it in right now, it is there now, the old one. It is the Elago R1 IntelliCase Red, heavy shock absorption magnet technology lanyard included for Apple TV remote mm-hmm. compared to the new one that well, you— Well, let's start here. This is, let's start here. Okay, so here's the problem. Here's, here's, your, here's the problem statement. Uh, the Apple remote, uh, love it or hate it or really, really hate it. It's a very confusing device because it's all black on the top and almost every, anybody with any sense <laughs> has realized how frustrating it is that you can't, it's difficult to grab this thing without actually causing something to happen you don't want to happen. It is symmetrical, especially if you're in the dark. It's hard to know what is up and down. 
And so you told me, now you should jump in here, you, you tell me about the Elago R1 IntelliCase Red Heavy Shock Absorption Magnet Technology Lanyard included for Apple TV Remote. Well, I found one of these things uh, on Amazon, and it is a little case that is, I guess you'd call it a kind of a rubber, more rubber than plastic case that fits over the remote. It's and, a floppy silicone type situation. Yeah, it's silicone. And it makes it so that, uh, so that it, first of all, it's very easy to know which end is up and which end you're supposed to hold and not accidentally start scrolling through the TV program that you're watching. Yeah. And it, it has other features that I don't use, such as I don't use the lanyard. I don't use, it has a magnet in it that I guess you're supposed to use to mm-hmm. stick to what your fridge or something. I've never used that. Well, it has immediate benefits. First of all, if you buy it in a bright color, you no longer have a, a black rectangle you can't find. True. So, I mean, it really, it, it does kind of pop, uh, but it also, it is much, it is, as you say, the far and away the most important thing is like now the part at the bottom that doesn't do anything has red silicone over it. Right. You can see that's not the part you click on. You can tell what's top and bottom. You can tell what's recto and verso. You can and it and it is grippy. So it's it it feels substantial. It makes your your remote feel more substantial. But as I as I think we discussed offline, it it does have one really frustrating yes floppiness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is it, that the, um, the, the, the top part that's supposed to go over the uh touchpad part it it's very easy it's barely it's ba- there's a small lip and it's barely on yeah. and it does not feel substantial and if you even just brush gently against it it will sort of flop down like a like a tongue and just yeah blah, it's, blah, 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 it's not satisfying yeah but um i'll tell you this started as a kind of accident where I was thinking, oh, I wonder if they've improved this. Like, I, I wonder if this has been improved. And mm-hmm. I ended up going in and I was thinking, and I did a search. But what popped up was actually a different one of these, which is made by a terribly named company called Aquox. <laughs> it looks like they're all made by the same people. The boxes even look <laughs> yeah. the same. But this is Aquox, remote case for Apple TV, fourth generation, Aquox lightweight, anti-slip, shockproof, silicone remote cover case for new Apple TV, fourth gen, Siri remote controller with lanyard black. (laughs) (laughs) That Mm -hmm. might take the cake. That's a pretty good one. It's a good one. Now, there's a couple things I really like about this one. Just dumb stuff. Like, first of all, it's kind of cool that they put a little hole in the back and the Apple shows through. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Like, you know. But the best part, and did, did you go ahead and get one of these? I could not decide on the color. I was waiting to hear from you which color you got. Oh, Jiminy. Well, here's the beauty part. This thing, how do I describe this? Uh, the build quality feels better on this one, the Aquox version mm-hmm. of this. <laughs> in that, in that, um, <laughs> I, I'm talking here, just so you know, just so you don't get confused. I'm talking about the Aquox remote case for Apple TV fourth generation, Aquox lightweight, anti-slip, shockproof, silicone remote cover case for new Apple TV fourth gen, Siri remote controller with lanyard black. $6.79. And it's, it's, it's like half the, the price of... The two things about the build quality I, I liked and noticed immediately <laughs> is, first of all, it fits yeah. better. It does not slip off. And this is hard to well, describe. Tell me what color you got. I bought black. Okay. Which kind of defeats the purpose. I might get an orange one. Like you're going to maybe get. Yeah, I have an orange one in my car. Maybe I'll just get that one. Lime green's kind of cute, too. That was the other one I was thinking about. It's kind of cute. The green. It looks cheap. But it's but it's cute. Oh, and this one that's like a tangerine color is kind of pretty. Watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. red. Um, but the the two things are first of all, it does fit more snugly. 
as part of fitting more snugly, you lose a little bit of edginess. So I'm a big fan of click all the way over on the left to go back 10 seconds. You know, you do 10 clicks for the beginning of Game of Thrones. Yes, <laughs> right? yes. To get through the credits. Um, so you lose a little bit of edginess, but I've adapted to that. The other thing is I, I can't quite quantify this, but it feels like without losing um, any of the build quality, it feels like it's thinner um, thickness of material. So it doesn't. It feels even more like a bespoke glove-like fit for this thing. This sounds dumb. Like who cares? It's a seven-dollar thing for a remote. Why would you buy that? It actually really improves the experience of using this remote like a lot. Yes. Um, so I think you should get it. I think you should get it. Look at that six six seventy-nine. You can get it in uh, orange, green, blue, watermelon, red, white. Ooh, the white's not pretty. Ooh, the white looks kind of like a condom. Um. <laughs> And not in a good way. Translucent rubber things m- make me uncomfortable. So anyway, uh, that's the Aquox. Remote case for <laughs> Apple TV, fourth generation Aquox, lightweight anti-slip shockproof silicone remote cover case for new Apple TV, fourth gen Siri remote controller with lanyard black. 679 Prime, free one day, boom. I just got to pick a color. You know what? Should we, do an, the- should, we, should we do an experiment here? Yeah. <clears throat> Alexa, reorder remote case for Apple TV fourth generation Aquox lightweight anti-slip shockproof silicone remote cover case for new Apple TV fourth gen Siri remote controller with lanyard black. (laughs) Nothing. No. Alexa, reorder remote case. The top search result for remote case is keyless option just the case keyless entry remote key fob shell. It's $7.95 total. Would you like to buy it? No. I also found remote. No, but thank you. That's all I can find for remote. Alexa, stop. People don't like it when you use that word on air. You get complaints. Oh, yeah, I know. That's funny. So it came up with a key fob dingus, and then it came up with exactly this second. That's weird. That is weird. Now, here's another question. After you had sent me this one, I started searching around a little bit more. Yeah. And I found another version of the Alago R1 IntelliCase Night Glow Blue Heavy Shock Absorption Magnet Technology Lanyard Included for Apple TV Remote. Remote. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, if it's not clear from the description, it glows. Oh, look at that. Oh, but it's a little translucent. It is. I know. I know. But oh, it glows. And I don't, it, it doesn't seem to be improved over the old one. There's nothing visually about it that says it's any different oh, or better than the old I one. Sh- I sure am tempted to try it though. Except That's it cool. glows. It's blue and it glows. It's blue and it glows. So mm. maybe I should get both of these. And uh, You need it for your work. You should do that. Yeah. Oh, it was also, just to mention, the uh, Aquox does not have a magnet. Do you? Were you using the magnet? Uh, only as a demo. I, you know, as a demo for my family. I go, hey, <laughs> we could put this on the refrigerator. Right, yeah. And you know what they say? Nothing, because they're not listening to me. Right. That's just the thing, though. Uh, yeah, it seems like small stuff, but uh, these, these remotes, oof, oof. 
Um, you know what's neat though, also is I I don't know if this is in ten at least on the iOS eleven beta. Um, a you now get Apple TV remote in control center, and B you can now hit the microphone and do Siri uh, from your iOS device. Oh, that's nice. So like if I'm on the floor and my daughter is currently the couch commander. And I decide that I'm done watching five-minute life hacks videos on YouTube that make me want to kill myself. She loves them so much. And I say, no, no, no. It's time for Daddy to take over and go to Parks and Rec. I could do that right from the iPad, lay it on the floor like a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, Other interesting thing, last night, um, what was on Parks and Rec? And Uh I was making something in the kitchen, and my daughter yelled, hey – did you see this? She's like, we. it says you can skip the introduction. I guess we got that on Netflix now. I don't know if that's, I'm on the TVOS beta. I don't know if it's that or if it's just a Netflix thing. But for the first time on Apple TV, we got the whole, like, do you want to skip the credits thing? I've never gotten that before. You know, there are some things that I've been noticing coming up with Netflix that you can skip the intro. If you're binge watching, it knows you're watching multiple episodes in a row. So it, it'll let you skip. You don't, you don't need to watch 90 seconds. You of don't need to watch, but even buildings. a lot of the time the shows will have a cold open and then the intro will happen later on during the episode, like five yeah. minutes into it. It still lets you skip it. That's, that's pretty smart. Yeah. And, uh, I like that. I apologize to people like Todd. I know there are, there are folks who, who don't like that. When I'm binging, I'm very happy to skip over that. Other neat one, little thing I just discovered in TVOS. Does Todd not I, like that? No. Well, Todd makes Star Wars. He wants you to sit through the credits. Well, that's a movie. These are like a show that you've already seen 30 episodes file of. File a bug, file a bug with Todd. All right. The, uh, but here's the other neat thing. Let, him, let, me, let him come at me over that topic. I'll have, I, will, I will have him come at you. Right. I will have him. Uh, this is really small, but I love this. You know how you're watching a show and you're like, okay, it's almost bath time. I don't know if you've ever had this conversation in your house. No, really. It's seriously almost bad. Did you just start? Did you just start another one yes, of these? Yes, yes. Did, did you? And so I'm in the habit of passive aggressively walking over to the remote and gently, gently, gently touching the swipe area, which does what? You pop up the scrubber and it shows you how far in you are and how much time is left, right? Yeah. On any media you're viewing. You right. know what you can do now? You lightly, lightly, gently touch it a second time. The, um, the whatever, not the eye beam, but like where you are now becomes what time it is right now, and the end of the show becomes what time the show ends. No, really? Yes. On on everything, so cool. or is that just in? Just it worked in, me on YouTube yesterday. Oh man! It worked on Netflix, <sighs> uh, and, and just so y'all know, I mean, again, your mileage may vary, but you can just pop into settings, system, and somewhere inside settings, and then system, you'll see like uh, beta, and you can go get it without doing any kind of pokery jiggery with your Mac. You can get it right. You don't have to do like a certificate or anything. You do it. Get the. You can get on the public beta track like d- directly from your TV. But you need to have that to enable this particular feature. I think. I mean, I imagine that stuff will all be coming soon. But I got to. I got to turn that on. Yeah, I haven't seen the other one that I obviously the other one you really notice is now I've had dark mode on twenty four seven. It can now detect uh, when to put dark mode on. I'm not sure exactly how it arrives at that. Maybe by time of day, but it'll flip dark mode for you, which is kind of cool. But because um, there's no light, there's no light sensing environmental sensors in that at all. I don't know about that. Ours, but the thing is, a lot of people keep theirs inside of like a cabinet yeah. anyway. Yeah, so, how could it know? Yeah, I imagine it's by time of day, time zone, but who knows? Uh, wow, we talked a lot about devices. Yeah, 
Did you want to tell me about uh, one more thing that you like? I, I can tell you about something else, a little something called Text Expander. Text Expander, love it, bought it. It even works on Windows now. Did you know that? There's no way it works on Windows. Yeah, it's Text Expander for Windows. No, go, go, mm, whatever. Go back and double check your copy. I don't think anything could work like that on Windows. It does. It does. Really? Yes. That's amazing. It is pretty cool. Uh, here's the deal. Text Expander. I love, I love this thing. This is a little, for people, there are people who haven't heard of this. There's people who don't know what this is yet. Sickening. Text Expander is a little app that you run on your computer, on your iOS device, iPad, iPhone, Windows 2 now. And it watches what you're typing, but not in a creepy way. It doesn't send anything anywhere. It just watches and it notices patterns. If it sees that you're typing the same email address over and over, you're typing the same phone number over and over, you're typing the same address over and over, it will detect that and it'll say, you know, you seem to be typing this thing a lot. Why not make a shortcut for it? And by the way, there's all these other shortcuts that are already here. And by the way, you can make your own shortcuts to do tons and tons of things. Like for example, well, you know what else it does? What? Just real quick. Cause I run into this all the time. I constantly forget that I have a shortcut for, I don't type my wife's email address that much. Cause yeah. it just usually autofills. But if I do like a savage sit and type my wife's email, let's do it right now. I get, I get a pop-up that says save keystrokes by using this abbreviation. Mm -hmm. You've already made an abbreviation and I'll get a little pop-up notification that says, hey, dingus, you already have an abbreviation. It was a reminder that you already have an abbreviation for this, like learn this. How smart is that? It's very smart. Very smart is that. And this is what what Text Expander exists. Well, no, that's what exactly the kind of thing exists for because it's supposed to save you time. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it easier for you so that you, whether it's email addresses, chunks of code, uh, directions. I mean, you you name it. You can create these little shortcuts, and a lot of people will start with a semicolon because we rarely type semicolons. So you might be able to type like semicolon sig s i g, and that's going to be your signature. What if you have more than one signature? Maybe you have one signature for personal emails, another one for business emails. Maybe you've got more than one business sig one, sig two, sig three. There's just some examples. Typing in mm-hmm. your work address, your home address. All of these things uh, are are built in. And you can create them and customize them as much as you want. But there's even another feature, which they describe as like a Mad Libs style fill in the blanks form. But this is so oh, yeah. useful, you know, for me when I'm doing uh, tech support for, for Fireside.fm or something like that. And someone asks a question, you know, how do I set up uh, my custom DNS? How do I set up my domain name? This is a very similar question to, you know, we get this question a lot. So I have typed in a text expander snippet. So I, I hit the little, um, you know, semicolon and I type in like domain or something like that. And it'll pop up this little form. Then I can type in their domain name in there. I can type in their little, um, you know, the, the, and customize the response so that it has their information in it when I'm replying to their email. So it's not just a generic thing. It's been customized by me. But it saves me all of this typing and pasting and finding of links and things like that. So they get a really good, valuable uh, tech support response from me. But I'm not having to manually cut and paste it and edit it. It's genius. And you can do that for pretty much anything. It's, uh, it, it's just great. So they have a special URL for us. It's textexpander.com slash B and then number 2W. Textexpander.com slash B2W. You get a, a free trial free for 30 days 
And you can use it on all the platforms we mentioned, Mac, iPad, iPhone, Windows. It's there for everything. And uh, we love this product, and you're going to love it too. So go check it out, textexpander.com slash B2W. Thanks, Smile. Buck, buck. Now I have a, qu- I have a, a question for our listeners. Yes, you, you there. Mm-hmm. My son has a Windows PC because, as <laughs> I mentioned, everything, every all of all of the good games – are either only on Windows or come to Windows first. This is just the sad reality still of where we are in 2017. Uh, so he's got a great Alienware Windows PC. It runs Windows 10. I don't mind Windows 10. Um, it's okay. It's, you know, I still prefer the Mac by a million miles, but it's not as bad as it used to be. And I'm competent using Windows what I'm, I don't know a whole lot about, and I mentioned this, I think, on a show, but I can't remember if it was this show or something else, but I had asked the listeners for some help with a really good backup solution for Windows. On the Mac, I'm used to backing up in one of a few ways. One, one way, if I'm talking about local backups, which is what I am talking about, not a backup service like a Backblaze or Crash Planner or a carbonite or something like that. Well, I use those also, but I'm talking about local backups. Oh, okay. So something um, like, like a super duper type, like thing? a suit. And that's what I use on the Mac for people who don't know. I'll put that in the show notes too. super duper carbon copy cloner. There's, there's several good ones. I'm a super duper. I have, I have owned both, but I still use super duper regularly. I, I do too. I use super duper more carbon copy cloners. Also great. Uh, but what these things do, if you're not familiar with it is they clone the entire hard drive Exactly. So they make it a and, and what, but they have rules. So you could say, right. for example, skip. They have they have a basic set of ones that let like pretty much nobody is going to need. Like you probably don't want those these particular caches, but you could also say stuff like exclude my iTunes library for this particular one. Like this right. one, all I really want is my home directory. You can have all these rules, and then on top of it with uh, Super Duper, you can say. I think it's called, I don't have it in front of you, it's like Smart Copy, where it'll just replace and add new files. It won't It won't clone stuff that's already the same, so it doesn't Yeah, kind that's of the Genius Smart Update, I think is what it's called. Yeah, and, that's right, that's right. And, yeah. uh, and, and so if you've, so let's say you back up the first time, you plug the drive in and you back yeah, you got, up your- We've got a one terabyte DMG or like, let's say a 500 meg DMG on this thing, and 90% of it's going to be the same as- last week right so instead it will only copy over what's different it'll only add or remove the things that are different or that have changed it's very smart about doing that and i wanted something like that for my kids uh windows pc because you know things things happen and on windows yes that's weird i Hmm. know uh so i was looking for software and the the one i when i asked this question on twitter i got a lot of responses but the one that kept coming up was by a company uh, interestingly enough it's called macrium m-a-c-r-i-u-m <laughs> That's uh, funny. macrium and the software is called reflect hmm. and and uh, it i guess it does the same kind of thing as far as cloning drives it does that um and so i've been using it for that but unlike the Mac, where here's a wonderful example of, of why super duper and cloning to an external drive is so great. You can take that clone, you can plug it into any other Mac, you can boot off of that clone just by holding down the option key when you turn the Mac on, it'll pop up a window that shows all the connected drives and you just mouse to the one that you want to 
boot from and click it and now you're booting from that drive so if you have a a, a recent clone and you can of course with super duper you can uh you can schedule the cloning uh process so if you have a computer that's always on for example you could have it clone every night at you know two in the morning when you're not in front of the computer and when you get there the next morning It'll show you the little log and you can make sure that everything uh, synced over mm-hmm. correctly. And it's a wonderful way to keep that local backup copy uh, going. Now, if something were to happen to your computer, no big deal. You take that hard drive, uh, which has a clone of everything on it. You plug it into your old Mac or your your friend's Mac or, you know, whatever. Boot from that. Now you've got your complete system Everything right there, everything up and running. It's it's genius. Apparently, you can't do that on a Windows PC because, and please, folks, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like you can't boot. You can boot from a USB device in order to install Windows, but you can't like run Windows and boot off of an external USB type oh, device. So th- hmm. these are the kinds of things that uh, I feel I just don't know. And so if there's anybody who has a few minutes and uh, who could take just a minute to explain how this kind of thing works. It's one thing to know that I've got a local backup copy uh, of the files and could restore, but I'm really curious to know, is there anything like what we have on the Mac super duper that lets us actually boot from and potentially even work from or restore from uh, a, a cloned drive and if not what is the answer what is the easiest best way that i can do this with the least amount of work on my part and the least amount of intrusion into my son's environment and i don't mind if this costs money i'm happy to pay for something that that uh that will do this so i just want to where, where, ask do, you want, where do you want people to do that, do uh, that on twitter they, yeah they could do it on twitter or even better if they want to email me um that you can go to five by five TV slash contact. And mm-hmm. on that page right there, cause I don't think Merlin needs to hear this. Nope. Uh, there is a link at the top contact Dan Benjamin, please do that. And, uh, and, and I greatly appreciate it. And I, I'll be, make I bet sure you're going to get you. some good answers from this. I really need help. So thank you very much right now. I've just been doing it manually, uh, plugging oh, in drives and, and all this nonsense. And I, I want to do something. That's like better. doing surgery on yourself. You don't want to do that. <laughs> now, as long as we're here, can I also make a request? Go ahead. Caller. Uh, thank you. Uh, first time. Uh, um, please stop encouraging Dan to see Doctor Who. Dan should not watch Doctor Who. And I'm tired of people telling him to do that. I'm here to tell you, don't, don't. encourage that. Okay. And that's all I have to say about that. All you're going to do is provoke Dan. All you're going to do is like, so I mean, like he has, Dan has gotten plenty of good advice. If Dan had ever in his ever love in life decided to watch Doctor Who, he has lots of friends who can tell him where to start. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, Dan should not watch Doctor Who, and I will be there whenever I have the time and the inclination to say, no, you're good, is what I will say. I'll say, no, you're good. I, I, I despise this idea that, that in this age of unlimited numbers of things to do and places to put our attention, there's this constant drive. Like, I should not even urinate again until I have watched every episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Like, I know it's, it's good. I know you like it, but you know what? And I, I'm subtweeting a little bit here, but like, I, uh, you know what? Stop. It's okay. Like, we'll all find things to do. You should be able to sleep fine at night knowing that, that, that Dan is not super familiar with Dr. Who and that should just be okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Yeah. You could start with 11th hour. That's a really good episode to start with. That's when the Matt Smith, uh, once first starts, mm. but, but here's the thing. You're not going to like it. No, no. <laughs> Uh, Dan, we have some. I have a couple things um, from listeners who have written to us. 
we have some very, very important feedback from listener Michael. And we owe Michael a great uh, debt of gratitude. Oh, uh, about the scales? Yeah. Listen, listen well, you know Michael. what? That's, that's our third sponsor, too, so we can just segue right into Oh, are you even it. kidding me? No. Oh, okay. Should I hold off? No, let's do it right now. Listener Michael says, I know a while back there was some confusion over the Pitney Bowes 10-pound scale. Did it weigh 10 pounds? Did it turn on a light when the measure was exactly 10 pounds? Was it twice as heavy as the five-pound scale from Stamps.com? I'm here to set the record straight. My Stamps.com scale says that the Pitney Bowes scale is one pound six ounces. My Pitney Bowes scale says my Stamps.com scale is one pound and one and one half ounce. Thank you, listener Michael. And he sent pictures. Uh, he sure which, did. Which show the the Pitney Bowes Senpro scale weighing the Stamps.com scale and vice versa. I love listener Michael so much for doing this. this He's, is what we're he looking is for. our kind of listener. That's all this I have to say. This is the high quality content I'm looking for. I'm not looking for, Dan, actually, you should really start with the third doctor. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Send us a picture of your goddamn scale and stop telling Dan to watch Doctor Who. <laughs> Send more scales. Scales, scales, scales. <laughs> Dan, is there anything you want to tell me about that you like? I would like to tell you about Pitney Bowes. And this, this, is, this is directly... Uh, Related to our, our listener feedback here, because we have a sponsor. This, Pit, is, this is our concern, dude. The Pitney Bowes, they make, uh, they make the amazing Send Pro, and that they let you send stuff really effectively and very affordably. And that's what, that's what Send Pro is all about. You can print stamps from your computer. It lets you save time and money. You don't need special equipment. You don't need to wait in line at the post office. You don't even have to install software. Everything happens and works right inside of your browser. It even lets you compare shipping rates, delivery times between USPS and all the other major carriers, and you can print the labels for USPS, UPS, and more, and then you can track your shipments all in the same easy-to-use interface. So but here's the thing. For the longest time, we've been doing these spots, and it says right here, I'm looking at the notes right now, if, if you sign up at pb.com slash back to work, uh, you'll get SendPro free for 90 days. You'll get a free 10-pound scale. And when your trial's over, you get SendPro for only $5 a month. But th- now we finally have the answer to the 10-pound scale question, which was originally, does the scale weigh 10 pounds? Does it only weigh things that weigh 10 pounds? But uh, they already Dan language is failing us. When we say, does it weigh 10 pounds? Do we mean, do we right. mean actively or passively? Right. Does, the, it, does it weigh things that are only 10 pounds and otherwise it self-destructs? In which case, you got to write to Pitney Bowes and say, send me a fresh scale. Right. Well, we said right on there it's a 10-pound scale. If it doesn't weigh 10 pounds, don't put it on the scale. But now thanks. If you put a scale on there that doesn't weigh 10 pounds, you're going to break both scales. <laughs> that's, that's just science. That's right. God damn it. Well, now, now thanks to listener Michael, we know the answer is uh, the scale. <laughs> well, we only know part of the answer. The scale does not weigh 10 pounds. We don't know if it only weighs things. No, we do know. We actually do know that it weighs things up to 10 pounds. What happens, is there any combination of scales and parts of scales you could put on there that would make it weigh exactly 10 pounds? I don't think so. How? If it weighs one pound, six ounces, I'm not, I'm not a mathematician. I don't think there's any way to produce 10 pounds on a scale when you've got a one pound, six ounce scale, regardless of how much it weighs or weighs. No, you're right. Yes. Anyway, you can, you can run this experiment find out, find, for yourself. You know what? Find out for yourself. Find Stop out for telling yourself. Dan to watch Doctor Who. Get your scale, <laughs> weigh your scale, and then get a scale to weigh the scale for your scale and whether you're weighing that or being weighed or weighing. True love weighs. PB.com slash back to work is a place to take advantage of this incredible offer. Get your own 10 pound scale and send pro <laughs> for only $5 a month for lifetime of your account. PB.com slash back to work. Thank you very much. 
to SendPro and Pitney Bowes for making this all possible. Thanks, uh, Pitney Bowes. And Buck. in the background mm-hmm. of Mike's photo, there is a name for this thing, this cat. Mm. Um, it's you. You see it in uh, in Asian stores and restaurants. It's the good luck cat. It's a good luck cat. It's a waving cat. And it looks like it's holding, I, I don't know what it's holding. Is that a fish or a biscuit? It's, it's a fish, a biscuit, a subway token, or possibly a Zulu shield. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Now, does it matter which hand is up, Dan? Yeah, the left hand's got to be. It's okay, left hand. it's the right hand? Be. Is that a salute of some kind we should know about? Is that problematic? Yeah, you don't want the right hand up. It's, it's mm. left hand has to be the one that's up and or waving. You've often seen these cats mm-hmm. waving. Um, oh, they'll frequently do away. They'll be like, yeah, like a solar cat. At the nail salon. It's That's right. Wave, yes. wave, wave, wave. Also an orange tree. You can give somebody an orange tree for good luck. Did you know that? I did not know that. Totally different from a red envelope. But you, somebody opens a new, new, new place, you bring them an orange tree. And, and a cat, a waving cat. Now, I, uh, Michael, if you're listening, thank, first of all, thank you. Uh, could you please also weigh the cat? Yeah, why didn't, <clears> they, why didn't he weigh the cat? It's like he doesn't care. <sighs> He's just not thinking. Oh, look at that. It's a cute picture of him with what looks like. I hope that's his child. Oh, how cute. Look at that. Wait, where, where are you seeing this? Up in his uh, little photo up there. In his photo where? Well, I'm on the Gmail. I don't know if you get that. Oh, Doesn't no, don't I don't, I don't, don't see that. Well, I can tell that you have a family. I have concerns about your privacy. <laughs> <clears throat> Dan, can I do um, <laughs> one more uh, little bit from a uh, listener? Uh, yes. This one's, a, this one's, this one's, this is a wide pitch. Listener Chris writes to say, hello, listener Chris. I recently started listening to Back to Work and I'm enjoying it a lot. Thank you, listener Chris. I'm sure you've answered this question a million times already, but do you have any basic advice on how to get into all things planning to do and reviewing? I am a graduate student currently struggling very much with my lack of organization. So I think this is probably a Brit. Uh, organizational skills, my dislike of administrative tasks, and my strong tendency towards procrastination. Any advice would be welcome. And I have, you know, an answer for this. You have thoughts, I thought about you? it. I do. I have thoughts. Carmine said, one boy, here are two. <laughs> Uh, well, the first one is that like, I, I always want to want to mention, uh, the, the, the best book about this you'll ever read, which is getting things done by David Allen, copyright 2001, David Co. Uh, it's a very, very good book, but if you don't want all of that, I have written, I got four bullets here. There might be more bullets. Here's what I'm going to suggest before anybody starts wading into the world of planning to do and reviewing, just get your mind right. Think about why you're going into this. The reason almost all of us end up going into this is panic because you're in trouble there's too much going on. You are, as we like to say in the sports ball, you're dropping balls. You're mm. losing it in the lights. You're designated hitter. You're bench warmer. You're having all the sports problems with your productivity world. Um, you know, you could do worse than to pick up getting things done and read it. Even the first third. Sorry, David. Like, it's really, really good and will get your mind right. But I have another suggestion that I just came up with six minutes ago that I think might be the basis of a book that someone should write in the future. You ready for this? Yeah. Get yourself maybe even one of those really, really cheap notebooks like your grandfather would carry around. Not your grandmother. She had too much class. But one of those little spiral bound, maybe it's what? Smaller than a three by five card, but a little very small notebook. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to have one page per day in your 50 cent notebook. And I want you to start your day by writing down four things. I want you to think. I want you to have some coffee. You could evacuate your bowels, walk the dog, 
do whatever you need to do. And then I want you to think about four things. And I want you to write it on that page. I want you to think about number one, what I'm thinking about. What is on your mind right now as you begin this day? What am I thinking about? And write that down in a sentence. That where if you came back to that in six months, you would know exactly what you were talking about. What am I thinking about? I have got to transfer the title on the car or there is going to be trouble. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, what am I worried about? Number two, I have got to get this report in. I have got to get my roof looked at. I am worried my roof is going to fall down the next time it rains, right? Number two, what am I worried about? And then very, very simply, number three, what is the one thing that I have to do today? And finally, number four, what is the one thing that I want to do today? Not the thing you have to do, the thing you want to do, the optional thing that would be awesome. I want you to write those four things down. What I'm thinking about, what I'm worried about, the one thing I have to do, the one thing I want to do. If you have time, I would consider adding a fifth item if you want to go pro. And this is even before you read a book. Uh, think about one thing you could be grateful for or one very nice thing you could do for somebody even anonymously. Because this is part of the meta, right? Like, get good about thinking about what you could do for somebody else that you may not even get credit for. Right. What I'm thinking about, what I'm worried about. The one thing I have to do, the one thing I want to do, and then just a nice thing I could do. Old trick of mine also, if you're feeling at sixes and sevens, if you know there's this one thing you have to do, write that on a card, put it on your chair, make sure the next morning that's the one thing that gets done before anything else. Eat that frog, as that fella says. Get this one thing done that you really don't want to do. Procrastination really takes, so we talked about this in the cognitive bottleneck episode, which I'll add to show notes not too long ago. But you know, procrastination has a way of letting all kinds of really, really easy things accumulate because there's this one perceived hard thing. Try and get one of those things done early, especially if it's something you don't want to do. And your morning, your afternoon, and your day will all get better. So, you know, there's a hack inside the hack, which is a little bit of self-awareness, a little bit of thinking. Before you get into the productivity for porn and the 42 folders and all that stuff, uh, go in and think about what's really on your mind uh, and then what you need to do about it. That is my suggestion for getting started. And I think it's really smart. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Thank you, listener, Chris. That Getting Things Done book is very good, though. I haven't read it. This is the longest time. I read it in 2000, probably two, maybe three. It hadn't been out for very long. 43 Folder started in 2004, at which point I'd read it at least twice. So probably 2002, 2003. This has been the longest time that I've gone without rereading it in a long time. So I'm probably due. But I'm not such a follower of it in my day-to-day anymore. But I still really recommend it. If you're feeling super wrecked about like how things are going, you could always try that book. And it's a, it's a just like a barrel of sanity. It's really nice. Good tip See, for the... Now, is now, that in the these, show? You say you put that in the show notes? No, no. no, no uh, I will put cognitive, B-O-T-T-L-E-N-E-C-K. Cognitive bottleneck theory. Is that already a thing? Oh, come on. Really? There's already a term called cognitive bottleneck? I thought I made that up. I thought you made it up, too. Crap. You made it up. You're just kidding around. Oh, this sucks. I'm sure Why, why has everything already been said, Dan? Cognitive bottleneck. Also, we will put uh, getting things done in show notes. But see, that's the kind of thing now. You could go and uh, somebody could write a 358-page book about those five or six bullet points. But really, all you need is one, one, one segment on a podcast still providing a huge amount of, of punch and power, right. verve, masculine, musky uh, productivity advice. Yes. Brought to you by your friends at 5 by 5 and Back to Work. There you go. Hmm. Adding the show notes. You got anything else this week? No, I have got nothing else. Let me see. Hold on. 
I have a couple notes. My hair looks like a wig. Hmm. Are you going oh, to? Mine really, oh, mine really looks like a wig. My daughter does a new thing now. We're after I take a shower. She likes to try and make it look like I have a German uh, toupee. <laughs> and she does a pretty, pretty, let me send you one of these. And my boy said send to me, me. Send me one of yours. Uh, I'll, send, I, I'll send it right now. My boy said to me the other day, he said, Dad, does other people have hair like yours? And I said, well, probably. What do you mean? And he said, well, the way how like on the sides up here, there's no hair. And then it just, mm. there's kind of just hair in the front a little bit, oh, like a mohawk, no. but not a mohawk. Oh, son. And son, I said, son, son. I said son. yes, it's called male pattern baldness. And uh, guess what? You'll have it too. <laughs> it was a little bonding time we had. It's like when Brian Wilson's dad would pop out his glass eye and say, look into here. See that? That's <laughs> okay. what your dad's made yeah, of. That's... You're like, that. Oh, it's real funny right now. I'll laugh at the bald guy. That's going to be real funny. You can hear me laughing from the grave, baldy bald. <clears throat> look at those photos. Aren't those handsome? I'm looking right now. Hold on. Mix it into a German wig. Let's see this. Now, if you carry the privacy concern, Han, you can see our succulent oh, in the background. That looks good. That looks really sauce. good. It looks really like a wig, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. More. And she goes, ooh, dad, that's really, really bad. You can see our giant clock in the background. I like this. Yeah. Hawkeye Converse. Yeah, mine more is more like a, like just a bad, like a full, like a full wig. Full wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a toupee, but a full. Well, we'll save it for next time. We'll do a whole segment on it. All right. Okay. Uh, let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs> 